This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 256 of the world's most dangerous podcast. With me this week, once again, the starry-eyed optimist, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I'm fantastic, Chadwick. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to talk to you. You've been avoiding me for a while. Well, one of us has been avoiding the other one. Again, I always say I don't know why you have co-hosts other than me, but you do sometimes, and I try not to be too offended by it. I do because I don't like you personally. Well, I'm not very likable, so that's understandable. Yes, listeners uh, already realize that. Um, But I do like talking to you occasionally, and so let's... uh, Let's dig into it. Hey, you know spring training's going on. It is. It's baseball time now. Oh, man. I love me some baseball time. I also enjoy the baseball time. Spring training, you know, I watched some of the game uh, tonight and, uh, you know, I uh, watched Luis Castillo pitch. And it's, you know, it's – I have a hard – I'm very excited for baseball to be back. I'm extremely right. pumped up about this red season based on the off season, but I, I have a little difficult time getting into too much – in terms of the spring training games and, you know, it's just. Yeah, really, spring training games don't mean anything. They really don't. And uh, people make too much of them. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I have a difficult time. I feel like a bad fan by saying that I'm just not terribly excited about spring training games. But now when opening day gets here, I'm going to be excited. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, really the only news coming out, a little bit of uh, injury news. Uh, Nick Senzel, who it seems like is one of our lead stories every single week because he's Nick Senzel. Uh, it rhymes with Denzel. It does. Yeah, most uh, opposing uh, – that's one thing I've learned this spring. Is that People most calling op- him Senzel. Yeah, every opposing uh, broadcast team calls him Senzel. Um, Nick Senzel, I mean Senzel, dealing with a little bit of hamstring tightness – you know, they, they had just talked, David Bell, he's the Reds manager. He had just talked about wanting uh, to get uh, Senzel some some opportunities under the lights and then held him out of their first game under the lights in Goodyear because yeah. uh, of this tight hamstring. But uh, playing tonight, uh, they said he practiced. He just didn't play in that game. But playing tonight and, uh, you know, just sort of you know, a tight hamstring, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. uh, these are professional athletes, and occasionally that happens. And so – uh, wait, so wait, my understanding is that his career is over now, right? Panic. It's time to panic. All the panic forever. All the panic. Uh, he's back in tonight. Uh, he's doing pretty well in center field. He maybe had one goof so far, but uh, he's doing fine. And How about the first uh, viewer mail submission of the night since it's on this uh, question here? And it comes from Philip Razor. Bum. He is a bum, um, but a, a, a great supporter of Red Leg Nation Radio. You know so. who's the only person worse than Phil Razor? Who is the only person worse? Me? Doug Gray. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't get me started. No, I promised both of them I would make fun of them on the podcast tonight, so now I've got that in. Well, it's funny because we spent about 30 minutes before we started recording just mocking them mercilessly anyway, so well, it's only fair. that To be mocked, they're both terrible. Oh, the worst. 
the absolute worst. Uh, Philip's question uh, for viewer mail submitted, uh, this question was submitted on Twitter.com, was online Reds fans are griping about Nick Senzel being made of glass due to a broken finger, a bone spur, and now a tight hamstring. Can you please mock these people? And then he has some parenthetical information. I get being worried about the vertigo, but not these other things. So can we please mock those people? Yeah, no, that's silly. Don't worry about that stuff. Like, oh, no, guy playing the outfield substantially for the first time ever is hurt in his running places. (laughs) Right. That's literally what this is. I'm always willing to believe the Reds aren't giving us the whole story, but this is one it seems to me like there's, you know, come on. It's like. And it's like two days off because of some muscle tightness. Like, people out there, have you ever been alive? Have you ever done anything vaguely athletic? I got out of bed and had a tight hamstring. Sometimes things hurt. And and, in, and if it's spring training, you're like, ah, it hurts. Sit down for a couple of days because it's spring training. And who cares? And and you know what? He practiced. He just They held him out of a game. I mean, it's not like he was, you know, completely shut down for a week or something. But now I'm not going to mock people, though, because... Reds fans are not used to having nice things. And so uh, I uh, I get the feeling of dread around everything related to this organization because it's been really hard the last few years. But he's not made of glass. The To me, like Philip said, the vertigo is something to really keep an eye on. And um, I mean, that's, that's also one of those things to not keep an eye on because nothing we know about it tells us anything. Right, right. That's the only thing that I could see being recurring. Yeah, it it can, it can be recurring. It cannot be recurring. But you also don't know if, like, if it recurs, if this is the last time it will ever recur or not. Yeah. Right. So so you can be worried about that if you want. I, I'm not going to worry yeah. about, about that. But, but I, yeah, I'm like, Phil, I, can, I get that. But, you know, a tight hamstring that caused him to be held out of one game. And then the other stuff is just the, that broken finger. I mean, that's just a fluke. It was just a complete fluke. Yeah. It happens. Um. I don't. I think maybe this is the Eric Davis syndrome as well, or the you know uh, where you got a great player and he's hurt all the time, and because he's yeah. quote unquote made of glass. So I hope Nick Senzel's as good as Eric Davis. That would be nice. <laughs> That'd be a good uh, good career, huh? So Nick Senzel's back though. He played tonight. Uh, he's still good. I don't have any issues with uh, Nick Senzel. The other one, it was uh, Sonny Gray. And I'm not sure if you and I have uh, talked about uh, Sonny Gray yet because you know he was slated to be the first start the first uh, game in spring training for the Reds and they held him out with some uh, elbow stiffness I guess it was and that yeah. that got my uh, radar blinking um, but he threw he threw some side sessions and then he faced live hitters uh, in a live uh, batting practice session in, uh, earlier this week and it looks like he's going to be taking them out in a game sometime soon. So, um, again, that looks like it might've been much ado about nothing as well. What do you, what, what are you expecting from Sunday gray this season? Um, I think normal is the best way to put it. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that I think to some extent teams shoot themselves in the foot with the whole withholding of information about injuries, because what happens is that then we don't believe them ever. Right. Right. So every time a pitcher has a sore arm, has Tommy John surgery, it starts out as, oh, it's a sore elbow. He just needs a few days off. Right. So that causes people to be skeptical. Right. And and you got to feel like they know that 
early on that it's like, oh, this might be serious. If they just told us, hey, there's some elbow issues that might be serious, if we heard that sometimes, then it would be a whole lot easier to believe, oh, it's just it's it's just a twinge, it's fine, he'll be back in a few days. But he has been, you know, he's he's the the probable starter here coming up. So I think I think everything will be fine. Um, you know, we're not even deep enough into spring training yet where you say that, you know, that 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 uh that this year is at, that that being ready to start the season is out of the question. You know, it's it's I'm I'm not worried. If if this if something weird happens with his start or it gets pushed off, then I'll officially cross over into the I'm a little bit worried place, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, sometimes elbow stiffness is just a little elbow stiffness, and you know that's why you you're working that stuff out in the spring. So, uh, you know, my fingers are crossed on that. I'm not ready to panic just yet, but. Um, I'll tell you about Sonny Gray, and I don't know if you got the chance to see this uh, this week, but uh, Eno Saris over at The Athletic had a piece about, you know, what happened with Sonny Gray I, last yeah. year at the Yankees. Yeah. You yeah. did see it? Yeah. Oh, man. It got me really excited for what Gray could be, but I thought it was really interesting that, you know, in, during, over the offseason after he signed with the Reds, he went to uh, Vanderbilt, which is where he went to college, and his old pitching coach, uh, was there, Derek Johnson, who's now the Reds pitching coach, um, along with Caleb Cotham, who he was a teammate, I think, with at Vanderbilt and is a uh, the Reds' assistant pitching coach now. And they went through all these machines, the Trackmaster or whatever it's called, you know, and uh, it, evidently it blew him away. It just blew him away. Uh, yeah. That you could learn all this stuff about what he, how he actually throws. His quote was that I loved was, I have a high spin rate four seam, but a low spin efficiency four seam because of my slot and because I cut it a little bit. Now, I understood one word in that sentence. Um, he said, I never even knew that was a thing. I just learned that this off season. What the bleep is that? Uh, th- yeah. That quote gets me excited about what the Reds are trying to do here, what Derek Johnson is trying to do with the pitchers and what it might mean for the effectiveness of this staff going forward. A- am I just try- being too optimistic here? Because that no, looks like a big I, difference from I, the way we've done things. No, I, I on a number of levels. One, yes, it's a big difference, but also to have a pitcher who the Reds have just invested a significant like contract in be this enthusiastic. Like you know, kind of it was like lesser shades of Joey Votto, that's where it's who, like information. What can I do with it? That's exactly what I thought went through my mind. Joey Votto, a guy that's really interested in, in this information and how it yeah. can help him. Yeah, I was I was really happy with that interview, and you know, it made me really excited to have Sonny Gray as part of the Reds. Frankly. It really did me as well, and it gives me some hope. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, sort of best-case scenarios and things here in just a little bit um, based on a piece that you wrote for RedLegNation.com this week. But, uh, you know, for him, it makes me even more optimistic. I'm always going to be optimistic this time of year, but even more optimistic that Sonny Gray could be the old Sonny Gray. He's still relatively young. Um, he had an awful season in New York, but it seems like he's learned some things about why that happened. And, he, and you know, uh, he really said the Yankees didn't really tell him anything. He said, well, you're just, you're just unlucky. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and they made him throw a slider, which you, uh, Derek Johnson in college banned him from throwing the slider at one point because it changed his, the shape of his curveball. Yeah. And, and they said with the Yankees last year, they forced him to throw the slider and uh, – you know, Sarah says, guess what happened to Gray's curveball last year? Because it morphed and lost shape. So, anyway, you know, uh, this could all be just noise. But it's to me, uh, when you're looking for something to be excited about, you got a guy that used to be an elite starter who's still relatively young, 
who is maybe learning things that can get him back to where he was before. So um, are you going to talk me off the ledge or are you going to join me out here? Really- oh, I'm out there with you. I mean, it's, I, I think I, it, it depends on the context of how you're lo- using the ledge. Yeah, I, all- that's, I, I completely botched that, but you know what I mean. I'm all I'm I'm in on this team. I'm excited for this season in a way I have not been, and I don't even have to really talk myself into it, frankly. Uh, I agree. I think, this is, I think this is a good team. We've had to squint just a little bit in prior years, and, and yeah. there there was a way the Reds could have threaded. Bit. What's that? Just a little bit. Hash, yeah. hash brown understatement. Exactly. There was there. It wasn't you know you had to thread the needle a little bit to get yeah. really optimistic about the past few years. But uh, this year, you really don't have to squint. I mean, you know, and, and the mathematical models are showing the same. They're showing the Reds right in the mix. So, Do you know what I like the most about this team? And this is, this is indicative, I think, of what we've had to put up with recently, is that this team feels to me like a team with a very high floor. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Like, if this team, if things don't go right for this team, you still feel like the worst-case scenario is something like 77 wins or something like that. Right. And as compared with other teams where we were like, well, you know, if things work out, it could be good. But, oh, if they don't work out, it could be real bad. It would it would really have to be – things would have to not work out in an historical fashion for it to be as bad as it's been lately. Yeah. When you say uh, they have a high seal or a high floor, yeah. uh, basically what it says to me is things could go completely wrong, completely opposite of what we expect. And I still don't see this team – getting to 90 losses like they have the last four years. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, just think about it this way, just in terms of the pitching rotation. Well, let's say one of the pitchers gets hurt and doesn't contribute for most of the season. Well, then you've got Tyler Molly as your number five starter. Well, let's say another one of them gets yes, hurt. Please. Okay. Well, then you've got what? Sal Romano. So you've got Tyler Molly and Sal Romano as your four and five guys. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. And that's your, you know, and that's you've lost 40% of your opening day rotation. And again, that's really kind of a worst case scenario situation. Yeah. So I agree. I think that, uh, I think that's a great way to put it, that the floor is significantly higher. And that's what gets me excited about where the ceiling could be because uh, who knows, you know, if things go well and they never seem to go well for us, but uh, why not? Why not now? Just a. Yeah, you know, it's just a fun, I, I flipped on the game and Luis Castillo pitching and you know Yasiel Puig and then uh, your boy Scooter uh, got a ribeye steak and you know I, I, it's just a fun Joey Votto drew a walk and you know Sinzel saw him in center field and I, you know even can we maybe, talk about how Joey Votto has batted second in every single spring training game this year? It's interesting, but you know who let off tonight? I don't actually because I've been out of the house and not paying attention. The immortal Kurt Casale. Ah, yes. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, I have noticed that Votto, right. every time he's played, has batted second, and Suarez has batted fourth every time he's played. And I would not be surprised if Votto were there all season long. I wouldn't either, especially because David Bell has quotes about basically having your two best hitters hitting second and fourth, and that's what he's done all through spring training. Mm-hmm. With a high OBP guy up at the top, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, uh, also about tonight, I want to mention it because Derek Dietrich hit a long home run. And I want to just very briefly touch on this guy because Derek Dietrich, he needs to play a lot for the Reds this year. This guy can flat out play. Now, he doesn't need to be the starter, but he needs to get I, a lot of at-bats around the field because this guy's legit. He's a steal. I, I disagree. Oh, denied. In the mildest way possible. 
Which is to say, I think he should oftentimes be the first guy off of the bench, but the Reds have enough really good players that I don't think Derek Dietrich should play what I would classify as a lot. I would like to see the starting eight out there as often as possible. Okay. Uh, That's really just a half turn from what I was saying, or what I intended to say. Because, yes, I don't want him to get starter uh, at-bats necessarily. There's always somebody who gets 300 or 400 plate appearances just because, and he should for sure be that guy. Yeah, no, I think he's uh, almost good enough to be an everyday guy, and on a lot of yeah. in a lot of places he would be. Here, I think he can be a super sub, and I, the guy can hit. Yes, he definitely can hit. Yeah, so I love that guy. He's not going to be great anywhere defensively, but he'll be serviceable, and he's absolutely going to hit. And I think of a bench with him. Either <laughs> think about him. You got some nights your bench is Derek Dietrich, Scott Shebler, and Matt Kemp. I was going to say the same thing. That is a bench. That is a, there are no Jack Hanahans on that bench. No, no. Skip Schumachers. I mean, all three of those guys could come up and just whack it out of the park. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting excited again. Oh, here we go. Let's talk a little bit more about the injuries and what's going on, and then we'll get into – I want to get into your championship track piece. Uh, Alex Blandino tore his uh, ACL last year, uh, last yeah. July, I believe, uh, had surgery. And um, not quite going to be ready for the season. It doesn't sound like not quite going to be there. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad for Blandino, frankly, because uh, I guess he's on. He was in the major leagues when he got hurt, so he's going to still be on the major league de- disabled list. And uh, he'll be so he'll be drawing a big league minimum salary, which is more than he get in the minors. You so, know what's real interesting to me about this is so there have been these rumors that. And it sounds like it's pretty set in stone that um, there's going to be 26 players on the roster this year. That this is going to be a change that's going to come down in the next few days. You think right? they're going to do that? That's The last reports I've read have said that that's one of the things that's going to happen. Well, that helps the Reds. So the Reds have said they want to go with 13 pitchers. Okay, fine. you got 13 pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. I still don't like now, it, but, but I get it. Now you 13 position players. Right. Mm-hmm. You tell me with Alex Blandino not ready to start the season, how on earth you can even attempt to justify not starting the year with Nick Senzel on the major league roster. Yeah, we've been uh, complaining for how long now that we want the Reds to put their best 25 guys on the roster. What if yeah. it's the best 26? <laughs> you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's no way, right? I'm not going to say no way because I'm still terrified that they're going to send him down to start the year. Well, there were some quotes to that effect where they didn't say it, but it sounded like they were saying it. Um, oh, yeah. There were some quotes from David Bell that made it sound like it was not uh, not, not even close to being a foregone conclusion. We're going to do what's best for the club and what's yeah. best for Nick Senzel. And I just, I don't know, I just see that being the you know impetus to send him down to start the year. And we're going to yeah. have, if that happens... We're going to have an epic podcast, you and I. Yes, we are. And if Blandino is not ready, I'm sorry. There is no way. There is zero. No, no. You cannot justify it. You just can't. And that's just the way that it is. I agree. And I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Um, I thought about it sort of in the terms of it's probably the best thing for Blandino because he might not have a roster spot anyway on opening day, the way this bench is going to be made up. That's also very true. And so, you know, who knows what else is going to happen. But Alex Blandino is a legitimate uh, bench guy in the big leagues. and, and there's Al- no- Alex Landino is the perfect backup infield. Yes, yes. Got some pop. Can he play. can play everywhere. He's got a little bit of pop. He, he's 
if in a pinch, he's probably an average major league player with like a, a short peak. Right. Yeah. I think he could be a starting second baseman for some team. He's, he's like a placeholder starter. Like, you know, he could, he could spell you for a few years while you wait for whatever prospect. He's not somebody where like, wow, he's going to hold the position down for the next decade, but for a couple of years, for sure. He's not going to kill you. Right. So I still think he's probably in the mix uh, with this organization, has a chance of uh, playing, but a tough break last year when he was really starting to come into his own a little bit. Um, All right. Who else? Uh, Robert Stevenson, Bob Steve. Bob Steve has not yet thrown in a game. He's dealing with this uh, shoulder inflammation, uh, supposedly through live batting practice, but inflamed uh, service time. And he's yeah, he has a service time inflammation. <laughs> right? Is that what it is? And that, I yeah, I think so. Or, uh, yeah, reason to well, you know, I I still don't know what to do with Robert Stevenson. I, he's, that's the decision that I really, more than any other decision that the Reds have to make this spring. I, I really don't know what the right thing to do is because I see that he still has that talent. It's still tantalizing. You, I mean, he's either got to be traded or cut. That's what it comes down to. He doesn't have any business being on the opening day roster this year. There's no justification for it. There's no room. He needs, he needs a change of scenery. He's not going to make it through waivers. He's going to end up on another team. Whenever they eventually have to take him off, barring some miracle where he suddenly figures it out, whenever they have to take him off the disabled list, he's got to go somewhere else. That's He's a change of scenery guy. and He might be great for somebody else in a few years down the road. He's not going to ever be an impact player as a Cincinnati Red. And everyone is worried, and I get it, worried about him going somewhere else and embarrassing the Reds, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Okay, but I still don't see how you can put him on and this roster. Also, that's just baseball. Like, that stuff just happens, right? Like, people like to talk about, like, you know, Justin Turner or Edwin Encarnacion or whatever. But also, you know what? Brandon Phillips. Yeah. You know, Scooter Jeanette. Scooter. Like, that just happens. Some guys figure it. Some guys are late bloomers. They figure it out late. And that's just the way it is. And, and, and they figure it out at a time where... They need to go to a different organization. And also, I mean, different people are just different. Sometimes people need that, oh, you didn't cut it with your four-star organization. You better get it together and start paying attention. And he may be a guy that needs another year to really get it. And, yeah. and he doesn't have that with the Reds because they've got to put him on the big league roster right now uh, or else. And so I, I, the way I see it coming down is at some point he is placed on waivers. Yeah. And some team – claims him and the Reds work out some kind of a, you know, nothing trade essentially yep. with whoever that team is. And, and I hate it. And I think there's a not, it's a non-zero chance that he turns into a real pitcher somewhere. Yeah, I but, think so too. But I just don't think it's going to happen I mean, here. I just easily, I can easily imagine him as a Jake Arrieta type. Oh yes. That's, like Jake Arrieta was a super late bloomer. Like everybody's yeah. like, oh, he's not going to, and then he figured it out. Um, and that's the thing about guys with stuff is they can always theoretically figure it out. And I would like to keep him here to see if he can figure it out here, but that's not the way it works. You can't just hang on to somebody forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, at some point, at some point you have to move on. Um, yeah. Jake Arietta, Cause I just looked up his stats real quick. He didn't have his first legitimately good year until he was 28. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was legitimately good. And then he, he was really legitimately good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm not saying that that's going to be Stevenson, but, uh, 
it could happen. I just I don't see any way that it happens here, and it's a shame because it's a guy the Reds have put a lot of stock in over the years. Yeah. So. So, uh, by the way, hashtag Jason hates Scooter. I said a nice thing about Scooter. But you hate him. That's what I, I've heard. You know what, Chad? Chadwick? <laughs> Chadwick Ulysses Dotson? That's you know what? Tell me what. Why do you got to do this to me? Why? Why? <laughs> because I love seeing people attack you on Twitter.com. It's fun. I don't have enough with all the teenagers that I'm paid to interact with on a daily basis. Come on now. Okay, good point. I'll try to be nicer the rest of the way. How about this? The piece that you wrote for Red Leg Nation this week as part of your championship track series. Hey, it was fun. I liked it. Really good. It Once was you... fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fun return. to write. Yeah. It was spring training. Let's be optimistic and imagine how good things could be. Why don't you, uh, for those of you that haven't read it yet, first of all, what's wrong with you? Go to redlegnation.com right now and read it. But can you, Jason, can you give us a sort of a, an Give us a, a overarching view of what you wrote about. So I tend to do something like this more or less every year, and it's it's had different names because I didn't come up with the concept of championship track till last year. But where I'm just like, it's spring training, let's be optimistic. And I try to aim for kind of what I feel like each player's 75th to 80th percentile is. Best the case scenario. Like, oh, he had a really good year, but you're not completely shocked by it. Right. Um, and I'm like, well, what if that happens for each guy, Right. And it won't. Of course it won't. Because it, that's illogical. Um, but I just I just look at it. And, and it's, it's just fun to look at. And the answer is that a lot of these guys, you know, have, have potential. This could be a really, in theory, this could be a really fantastic baseball team. In theory. All right. For example, if everyone in the lineup played to their, what, what you call this, their 75th percentile. Yeah. Which is not impossible, but it's a pretty, uh, you know, aggressively optimistic look at what they could do. Um, But it's things they've done before in a lot of instances. Then this lineup is probably a top two, three lineup in all of baseball. Is that fair to say? Here's the thing is I kind of think they're one of the top lineups in all of baseball as it's. I think that one of the ways in which this team is, is I think, frankly, still underrated is offensively because... Every single player on this team should, who's likely to get significant plate appearances should reach base at an above-league average rate. And several of them are going to be... I, it, would, would, it would not surprise me at all if four of the top ten players in the National League and on-base percentage were everyday players for the Reds. And I speak of Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, and Nick Senzel. I have no problem imagining that whatsoever. Um, so while this team isn't going to hit like a billion home runs, this team is going to score a lot of runs. And what I think is almost equally important is it is going to wear starting pitchers out. It should. You got a bunch of guys that know what they're doing, uh, have an idea at the plate. Yeah. So if, if basically if anybody in the lineup overperforms, I would not be surprised at all if the Reds were the best offensive team in the league, at least one projection system out there has them leading the NL in, in scoring. Oh my goodness! Um, already, and that's the the regression toward the mean projection systems. Um, you just made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I can see it. I can they, see it. Again, we're being optimistic here, and that's the idea. It's the spring, and, and that's part of your, the title of your piece. Hope springs eternal. Right, and let's let's also. 
let's also keep in mind that this is the spring training when Joey Votto reported and said, quote, I want to be better in the aggregate. Oh, my goodness. Like, not yes, I work on this specific thing. I'm just going to be better overall. All right, Joey, go. Let's let's get that other. Let's get that second MVP. Come on. Yeah, go do that. Um, this seems to me with the lineup specific, and we'll talk about the rotation in a moment. But this seems to me another place though where, if we're being really optimistic, we're talking about a a great, great, great starting lineup in terms of uh, offense. Yeah. But also, a situation where the ceiling is pretty high with this group. Don't is that fair to say? The lineup. Excuse is me. The, the floor. I mean, the floor is yeah, pretty yeah, high. The lineup. I think the, both the floor and the ceiling are very high. Yeah. I think. I think the options for this lineup are either really good or holy crap. Well, they had a decent uh, lineup last year. Pretty good lineup, and it's better now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good thing. It is. It is. It is a very good thing. Yes. So, so which player is going to have the most wins above replacement out of the lineup this year? Well, it's Joey Votto until it's not. He has to have two years in a row. You you really hate Scooter, don't you? Chad. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be Joey Votto as well, although I I think that uh, there's, a again, a non-zero chance that A. Eugenio Suarez continues yeah. to grow. Yeah, I mean, it's I would say it's 75% Votto. I, let's I'd say 70% chance it's Joey Votto. Um a 20% chance it's a Eugenio Suarez and a 10% chance it's somebody else. I would say probably 60% Votto, 20% Suarez, 10% contract year Yasiel Puig. That's okay. And, that's valid. And 10% yeah. someone else. Yeah. Uh, Nixon um, Zell, maybe. Could happen. Maybe even Scooter Jeanette. Maybe Scooter Jeanette. Hey. It's conceivable. Well, listen, what, what was he, four and a half wins above replacement last year? Yeah, by Fangraphs, he led the team last year. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good hitter. He's demonstrated to me he's a really good hitter. And I say that specifically that way for a reason. He can <laughs> hit. He can hit. He can't play second base worth anything. No. No. And we have reasons to be suspect about his hitting, frankly, also. But, yeah. Well, maybe, but he's been pretty good. Since he yeah. put on that red and white uniform, let me put it this way. And this is people get so mad at me about Scooter Jeanette. Let me let me just clearly state my official position on Scooter Jeanette. Hashtag okay. Jason hates Scooter. I think Scooter is a good major league hitter. I do not think he is an MVP caliber major league hitter. <laughs> is that controversial? It seems to be because that's what I keep saying. Like my whole argument is, well. His power regressed some last year, so we should believe in that. And his batting average on balls in play was at Joey Votto levels, and he's not Joey Votto. So I think he'll probably come back to earth and be a good hitter, but not a great hitter. And then people are like, why do you hate Scooter Jeanette? He should be locked up for 7,000 years. And I'm like, I don't know that he should. I think he's fine. There he goes again. That's pretty much, that is my lukewarm take on Scooter Jeanette, and I get the most... Uh, argument when it comes to my lukewarm takes. Well, the guy hit four home runs in a game. He, and, it's true. And That's he smiles a, a lot. He's a fun guy to have around. He's a person who exists, that is for sure. <laughs> but I don't think it should be controversial to say that um, he's not an MVP-level player. Yeah. He's a, he's a good hitter. He's demonstrated to me that he's a good hitter. But I also think that he's also a very good uh, candidate to be the Todd Frazier, Chris Sabo type that's a 
Yeah. Good player for a while, but but he peaked. He he started late, basically. He got a late start at it, and those guys have a short peak usually. And essentially, yeah. No, essentially, when you look at it, and Lord knows I stare at stats often enough. Scooter Jeanette, Scott Shebler, Matt Kemp, and Derek Dietrich Dietrich all basically project to be more or less the same hitter. And that's not a criticism. No, it's not. It's basically they're all going to be roughly 10%-ish above average. That's like, good. That's good. That's above average. It's just not Joey Votto. <laughs> right. That should not be controversial. No, but also I think part of the problem is, is and I think we both know this, that there's a segment of the fan base who still doesn't get what makes a hitter a good hitter. And, you know, there there is that, well, he hits a lot of home runs. Yeah, sure, but he, you know, and luck plays a role, and also walks are important, and getting on base is important. Uh, there are other things, and, and I think that sometimes uh, people default to the, you know, the old old school triple crown stats, which are not the best, ju- they're, and they're not the best in terms of being predictive either, which is another important thing to say, is that those... You know, when we're looking at what's going to happen over this next season, you got to look at the stuff that tells you something about what's likely to happen in the future. Um, and, you know, those stats are not always it. I wonder about Scooter's shoulder, if it's still an issue as well. I, I wonder about that too, yeah. Now, there are reasons to think that it's still an issue. There are. Um, I haven't paid too much. How much has he been playing so far in spring? About as much as everybody, everyone else, I think. Yeah. Except for Nick Senzel, who got set, set down on the bench for a game. Panic time. Right, because he had a tight muscle. Oh, my goodness. It's the worst. Yeah. Let's flip over to the championship track uh, on the rotation. And All right. Let's. Because the, the the floor, as we've said, for this pitching rotation, I think is a lot lower than the lineup. But, man, yeah. that, that the ceiling is fun to think about, isn't it? Well, it is. And also, I will say, it's lower than, the, than it is for the lineup, but oh my God, it's so much higher than the floor for the rotation for the last 7,000 years. Yes. Tim Adelman pitched tonight, and I thought, boy, there was a time when that guy got the, two years ago, got the most starts for this team. He pitched Remember the, that time when Scott Feldman was the opening day pitcher? Scott Feldman. Remember oh, him? Oh, I remember him. I remember him very well, unfortunately. So, I, I agree. The ceiling is... Here. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't, who knows? The ceiling is is definitely higher than it has been, but lower than the lineups. And I'm yeah. confusing myself here. But, uh, or excuse me, the floor is lower, but the ceiling is crazy because you got guys like Alex Wood and Sonny Gray who have been elite, you know, all star type pitchers, along with Luis Castillo who keeps showing us flashes of being that guy. So if those yeah. guys hit their ceiling, it's the best rotation in baseball. You know what's everything you need to know? Because I, of course, just had to look it up. Do you remember who started last year opening day? Um, uh, let me think. Um, was it Luis Alberto Bonilla? It, it was not. But oh, that was really? A choice. No, it was Homer Bailey. Oh, yeah, Homer. I remember him. Yeah. Oh, Homer. Yeah, oh, Homer. Like, we love you, but oh, Homer. Yeah, but good luck in Kansas City. Yeah. But Alex Wood, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. In the best-case scenario, and we're not saying that you get there, in a best-case scenario, you could see that being the as good a top three as anyone has in baseball. Am I overstating that case? No, you're not. Not not at all. Because they've had success in the big league level, right? 
Well, except yeah, for Castillo. Well, Castillo has two. High ceiling guys. I think Castillo especially. I think the thing about Castillo is that his he's still inexperienced enough that, that his ceiling is still in the stratosphere. Yeah, you know, I I got to go ahead and apologize to Doug Gray, even though we were mocking him earlier, because uh, last week on the podcast, I gave you credit for a tweet, but it turns out you just retweeted it. That's how I got it into my feed, because I don't follow Doug Gray on any on Twitter.com. Nor should you. Right, yeah, he's the worst. But uh, he had a tweet about, other than just the month of April last year, yeah, Castillo's yeah. career stats are, you know, fantastic. And so, but but his no, he was really bad in April of last year. So really bad in April last year. Yeah. But for most of his career, he's been great. And I, I think if if anyone is going to come close to their ceiling this year, he's the best bet. I agree. And you know what I also think is interesting about Castillo is, I assume you remember this from last year. I still, I sure do. Is that. There was a point when, like it was like last year, everybody was just kind of hurt and messed up. And there was a moment where they're like, yeah, he's got a mechanical flaw. We know what it is. If we could afford to take him out of the rotation for a turn, right? would. But we can't because everyone is hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, you remember the Reds of the last four years? No. I choose, I choose not to remember that. I choose not to remember. Yikes. I'm remembering now, and I'm really getting upset. Yeah, well, it's upsetting. Alex Wood, how many wins above replacement is he going to get? Um, I think he's about a three-win pitcher. I what what did I say? I'm looking at my thing. You now said four what? four wins was his 75th percentile, but the yeah. poll said two to three. I think probably close to three is fair. Yeah, I think three is about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luis Castillo, I said four and a half. For his, I'm telling you, I can see that happening. I, again, maybe I'm just yeah. being optimistic. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing about the 75th percentile, right? It says me like, yeah, I could see that. I almost can see that being the 50th percentile. That's how much I love Luis Castillo. I love Luis Castillo a lot, but he has to. He hasn't been that yet. Yeah, he's got to show it. 50th percentile, you have to have done it. And that's the difference between him and Alex Wood and Sonny Gray. Those guys have done it. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Gray, I'm after reading that piece uh, by. Uh, uh, my buddy Eno, I tell you, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm willing to believe he can get four wins above replacement. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, assuming again, assuming these little health hiccups are just that. It's health, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think to me, uh, Tanner Roark's going to be Tanner. I call him Roark every time. I know someone who pronounces their name Roark, but he's Roark, uh, and everyone's going to mock me. That's okay. I'm used to getting mocked because of this ridiculous accent. Uh, it he, used to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're the one from Kentucky. Well, you're not from Kentucky. I know you yell at me every time I say that. You're the one that lives in Kentucky. And I very carefully trained myself out of the hillbilly accent. Thank you very much, sir. I did too for the time that I lived in uh, D.C. I had to get out of it. And then I, you uh-huh. know, yeah, whatever you got to tell yourself, moved back to Virginia and it, uh, it returned. So Rourke is going to be Rourke. He's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know. Two wins, probably. I mean, he's going to be a serviceable player who throws a lot yeah. of innings. He'll, he'll eat a lot of innings and not be embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, to me, the biggest, I guess, the biggest span between ceiling and floor, because that seems to be the, the way we framed this podcast today, is with Anthony DiScalfani. Yeah. And uh, Chris G on Patreon, patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you can support the uh, podcast, ask this question. How many starts will Anthony DiScalfani make in 2019? 
And that is the key question. By the way, Chris G. also is the co-author of a book called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds. That, to me, is the question that will define what kind of a year Anthony DiSclafondi has. Because I think if he pitches, if he gets back to pitching, he's going to be an effective pitcher. Um, But it's, you know, he, he started 31 games in 2015. Yeah. 20 in 2016, though, zero in 2017, and 21 in 2018. Yep. So uh, it's all over the map. He's just been injury prone. What do you think? How many starts are we going to get out of Anthony Scafani? Can I throw a dart? I mean, <laughs> you don't know, do you? It, so far, so good. I mean, it's been obliques mostly, right? Yes. And, um, he had and he's elbow. been healthy so far this year. Yeah, I mean,. I don't know, somewhere between zero and 30. <laughs> don't go out on a limb there. Uh, no. You get two weeks of health out of Anthony Scafani, and you start saying, oh, my, because yeah. when he's – he wasn't – he was really good at times last year, really bad at times last year. He gave up some homers last year. Yeah, but he's a guy that you can still see being the guy that we hoped he would be, and he was sort of a – he's 28 years old. He'll be 29, I think, this year. Yeah. Uh, and – but all the talent in the world, and you see so many flashes. So his ceiling is probably a number three starter. But yeah. if he's healthy, I guarantee he'll be one of the better number five starters in the league. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, see, this is another circumstance where it's like it's like the uh, – was it the 2012 rotation that made every start except one? Yes. And the one they didn't make was because there was a doubleheader that day. Right. Man, what a – Yeah. That spoiled us. No, but it, it's that kind of circumstance where if guys stay remotely healthy, your number five starter is going to be a number three starter on the vast majority of teams in major leagues. Yes. Yeah, well, you're right. It was Mike Leak on that team. Yeah. Who's the very definition cool, of a number three day, starter. I say this all the time, but Mike Leak is severely underrated by Reds fans because he was the fifth best pitcher on a team that didn't have anyone who was below a number three starter for the major leagues. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, he um, is the very definition of a number three starter, which is a valuable player. Yes. Yeah. He's an average major league starting pitcher, which is incredibly valuable and rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of, kind of Tanner Rourke story as well, you know? Yeah. Um, at, at times yeah. slightly above average, but. Uh, right. So it, it, it's that kind of circumstance where if things go well this year, then I would say that, man, I don't even have to talk myself into the notion that, frankly, the six best, because I'll throw Tyler Molly in there. Pitchers in the Reds organization are all, I think, number three or better quality starters in the major leagues. That's sort of where I was getting ready to go. I, you know, even if De Scafani gets hurt like he always does, Tyler Malley, man, I'm I'm still so high on that guy, and yeah. uh, you know, and he may only be a number three starter. He may be my clique, but man, I'll, I'll take it. That's good. I, people underestimate how valuable an average player can be. Frankly, and you got to have some of those average guys. You can't have all superstars. Let's 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 play let's play a, a little game here. Let's let's do a little pop quiz for Chadwick Dotson. Pop quiz, hot shot. Pop let's... quiz. How first? How old do you think Mike Leake is? Mike Leake is forty-two. Okay, that's wrong. 
I assume you were intentionally very wrong because you didn't really know the answer. It was just fine. No, I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure this right. How many uh, games do you think he's won in the major leagues? What is he really? He's uh, is he 29? He's 31. He has hit 30. Okay, 31. How many games? A um, hundred. 93. Wow. Mike Leake, if if he ends up on some winning teams, is going to finish with 200 wins in his major league career. <laughs> this is somebody who was the number five starter for the last Reds playoff team. And, and a lot of the Reds fan base think of him that way, as a number five starter. And he is going to win two. He's for sure going to win, barring some catastrophic injury. He will for sure win 150 games in the major leagues. And if things go well, he'll win 200. And people don't realize uh, there aren't that many guys that have won 150 games in the big leagues. There there really are not that many guys who have won 150 games in the major leagues. But pitching wins are the most important thing. Obviously. Obviously, right. What could possibly be more important than that? (laughs) Exactly. So uh, your championship track... They measure the game in wins and losses, Chad. Why are you arguing with me about this? Man, I've had that argument. (laughs) I've had that argument. Back when I was in college, I used to argue that, and people used to smack me around until I finally figured it out that I was an idiot. Um, And now I know I'm an idiot. 260. That's how many players have won 150 games in the major leagues. In the history of the major leagues. Yeah. That's weird, wild stuff. Weird and wild. And Mike Leake could be in that group. Mike Leake will be in that group. Yes, for sure. 117 have won 200. Wow. So uh, back to the championship track. If everything goes to 75th percentile, then the 75th percentile for the Reds as a team is what? 95 wins? No. That's, I mean, if everybody, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If, oh, because oh, I was taking it the wrong way. If, if, if everybody on the team hits the 75th percentile, then the Reds are going to win 110 games. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but the Reds, their 75th percentile, it's north of 90, I would say, 92, 93, 94, somewhere in there. Conceivable. Sometimes yeah, you it's some be the that. kind of thing where you can look at it and go, like, yeah, I can imagine that. But it's not like, oh, no way. Like, you know. Like 110 wins, you're like, I mean, I guess it's theoretically possible, but yeah. So what you're telling me is the Reds are probably going to win 95 games. Yeah, probably. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, good. Hey, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? I always want to answer listener mail questions. Viewer mail questions are always fun. As always, these are actual letters from actual viewers. None of our viewers know what I look like. It's listener mail. No, it's viewer mail. Come on, man. Whatever you got to tell yourself. Get with it. It's viewer mail. Get you out of bed in the morning, Doc. <laughs> uh, some of these questions are going to come from uh, patreon.com slash redlegnation, where you can support the podcast. And thanks so much. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, the new supporters, I want to give some thanks out. But the first one comes from Drew Johnson, supporter on Patreon. Drew's question, with how well Philip Irvin has been playing this spring, do you think it's hashtag more than possible? He gets one of the coveted few bench spots. Philip Irvin, of course, uh, has actually uh, 19 at-bats this spring, which are more than anyone else on the Reds. 368 average, 478 on base, 895 slugging, three home runs. He's walked four times. Uh, You cannot ask for more than what Philip Irvin has given us in a very small sample here. And um, 
you know, he's he's making his case. If you're going to make the decision based on spring stats, he's really making a case to be there. But what do you think, Jason? Is it is it more than possible he gets one of the coveted few bench spots? More than possible? No. <laughs> is it more than impossible? Yes. Yeah, I think it's going to take an injury, though, don't you think? Or a trade. There are two scenarios, I can imagine. Yeah, I just gave them to you. Well, okay, there are three scenarios I can imagine. One is the trade or injury scenario where, yeah, somebody gets shipped out and Irvin makes the team. Because one of the important things to remember is that, you know, Winker, Shevler, Kemp, Puig are opening the season with the team no matter what. If they've not been traded and if they're healthy, yes, they're here. With the team no matter what, and he's an, he can play out. So that's five outfielders. If if Nick Senzel opens the season with the team and all of those other guys are healthy, there's no way Philip Urban makes the team. Oh, so that means you've got seven outfielders, and that's too many outfielders. So somebody has to get traded, hurt, or the Reds have to decide that Nick Senzel is going to be in Louisville for a week and a half. In which case, Urban will get sent down as soon as whatever time threshold is. And, and you and I will be upset. Yeah. Okay. What, yeah. What do you think? Do you agree with me? You should, because I'm right. It really hurts to ever agree with you. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, if Sinzel sent down, if there's an injury, if I, you know, I think there's still a chance that a guy like uh, Kemp is traded. Irvin could play his way, and I, I think Irvin's a legitimate big league, you know, fourth or fifth outfielder. But it's a good thing the Reds have so many good players. That that's yeah. I really, I still, honestly, I a big part of me really just does not think that Kemp opens the season with the Reds. Well, the only uh, trade or injury is the only reason he's not going to. If he's here, he's traded. But I keep waiting for that trade. Well, it's it. Here's the thing. Okay. Like, I know, like, people like to make a big deal about how Matt Kemp was an all-star last year, okay? He was an all-star last year. He was an all-star last year, it's true. But last year was also the best year that he has had since 2014. And this is his age 34 season. So it's one of those things where it's like you can't really count on last year happening again. He can hit, but he can't play defense. And the Reds have enough outfielders who can hit but can't play defense. So where's he getting at bats? I don't. I feel like he needs to be a designated hitter in the American League. You know, someone said on Twitter this week, uh, tweeting at, at uh, our at Red Leg Radio account. You know, I, they could see Matt Kemp getting. 35 home runs this year. And I thought, well, you know, okay, it's not, not it's not impossible, but you know, he's hit 35 home runs twice in his career. He's going to be, you know, 98 years old this year. The yeah. chances are pretty slim and and he's he's going to have trouble getting the bats because it's a loaded outfield. Here's the thing about if Matt Kemp hits 35 home runs, okay? If Matt Kemp hits 35 home runs, Something will have gone super wrong with the season, and then we will have been pleasantly surprised with how much it did not matter. Uh, that's part of the, you're right. Either Winker gets hurt, or Senzel's hurt, or no, multiple outfielders get hurt. Yeah, I mean, because for Kemp to hit 35 home runs, he's going to have to play every day. 
And that means you're losing two out of Winker, Puig, Senzel, and Shevler. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That, that leads me to our uh, next question, actually, from on patreon.com slash redlegnation. Redleg Radio, excuse me, from Matt LaCron, a supporter on Patreon. Has Matt Kemp's spring performance impressed anyone so far? And Kemp has been pretty good so far. You know, he has a couple of home runs, three thirty-three average, four twelve on base. But again, I I can't get too excited over spring training. I I don't even look at spring training stats, and I can tell you very simply why I do not look at spring training stats. I just looked at spring training stats, stats, and it's like you're mocking me. Well, I like to mock you. Oh, that's a good point. So there was one year, there was one year when Joey Votto won the MVP. And one year when he should have won the MVP. Yeah, they gave it to LeBron that year. That right. Was, that was weird. So the year he did win it in 2010, his spring OPS was, it was about 1,100. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it was roughly 1,100. So the kind of thing that would look at you and go like, wow, this guy's going to have a year, right? And then it turns out that he did. The other year, being 2017, when he should have won it, um, because he hit exact, you know, every bit as well as he did in 2010. His spring OPS, and I remember this number exactly because it's hilarious, was 595. It's bad. That wasn't his slugging percentage. I want to make sure we're clear in spring. That was his OPS in spring. On base plus slugging. Yes, it was 595. Spring training stats are stupid and meaningless, and you should not pay any attention to them. Well. I don't agree with that because you know who's leading the Reds uh, this spring in OPS? I don't because I don't care. Jason? <laughs> it's Courtney Hawkins. Oh, well. Have you ever heard of Courtney Hawkins? I have no idea. I've never heard of Courtney Hawkins. He has one at bat and he had a home run. <laughs> Second uh, best in OPS so far this spring, Gavin LaValle. Who's a legit power prospect? He's a legit power prospect, but he's second on the Reds in OPS. Third, another guy I've never heard. I've heard of Lavalley. Yeah, Mitch Nay. Who? Exactly, Mitch Nay is third. Um, he's the grandson of Lou Klimchak, according to MLB.com. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth, Kyle Farmer. Ah, yes, that perennial all-star. Yes. Fifth, Aristides Aquino. Wow, when do we hit an actual Major League player? How far down the list do we have to go? Number six, Philip Irvin. When do we hit a Major League starter? Number seven, Matt Kemp. No. Number eight. Number eight. Number seven's been a starter, but I don't know what he is with this team. Number eight has been a starter, but I don't know with this team. Scott Shebler. Okay. Number nine, The Immortal. Brian O'Grady, number eighty-two. What what is number nine's OPS there? One one seven nine. So we're still in the like silly numbers, okay? Yeah, number ten with an eleven fifty-four OPS. Nick Senzel. All right, there we go. There's our first legit. Yes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Jose Peraza eleven hundred, Jesse Winker ten seventy-one, Scooter Jeanette nine seventy-one. Let me tell you something. I am as high on Jose Peraza as anybody. And if he has an OPS of 1,100, 
<laughs> yeah, right. If, if Jose Peraza has an OPS of 1,100, the Reds have just broken the record for Major League. Wins. Yes. 25th, Jose Peraza is a good player, but yeah. Here you go. 23rd, 24th, and 25th best OPSs uh, so far for the Reds in spring training. Eugenio Suarez at 50, let's see, 543. Tucker Barnhart, 508. And Joey Votto at 503, narrowly edging out Blake Trahan. Yeah. So. Yeah, Joey Votto and Blake Trahan, they are equivalent. Yeah, so Suarez and Votto are 23rd and 25th. That's why, you know, Matt yeah. Kemp has done well so far, you know, and uh, and he's doing what he has to do to try to, you know, he wants to sp- start on this team, I'm sure. And his spring performance so far, uh, Matt absolutely has impressed. But, again, it's just really hard to take seriously anything that's happened so far because you really don't want to make any decisions based on spring training stats. Yeah. All right. Stephen Offenbaker has a question from patreon.com slash redlegnation. Thanks for your support, Stephen, who uh, the host of the Reds Alert podcast. Uh, he asked me to join him. I'm going to join him on that podcast here soon. Stephen, an old uh, old friend of the show, says, Mark Sheldon has Wandy Peralta making the team over Cody Reed. Do you agree? And no. if so, will Reed start or be bullpen at AAA? You want to take it? You, you started to answer it, so go ahead. Yeah, uh, no, I think Cody Reed makes his team over Wandy Peralta, and he should. Um, Are, so you're okay with Cody Reed being a, a, a lefty in the bullpen in the majors over starting in uh, AAA? Yeah, this is this is what I think. This is I have I have complex views on this. Okay, if Cody Reed is in the minor leagues, he should be starting. Right. However, okay, I also think we're at a point where depth chart wise, he's far enough down the list that if you're going after Cody Reed for starts on the major league team, it means that several things have gone wrong in a way where he's had time to get ready and get stretched out. Yeah. Um, so I think that the, basically I have no doubts in my mind that Cody Reed is one of the seven or eight best relief pitchers on the team and should be on the team. Um, and so for putting the best 25 or 26 men on the field, one of them is Cody Reed. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, and one of them, I don't think, frankly, is Wandy Peralta. Well, that's um, the that's the point I was going to make is that Cody yeah. Reed is significantly better than Wandy Peralta. Wandy Peralta had a pretty good month, his first month with the Reds. It's sort of the uh, anti Luis Castillo from last year. And yeah. He's been pretty below average ever since. I, yeah. I I don't see any argument if unless you really truly think Cody Reed is going to be a lockdown starter. I don't see any argument for keeping Peralta over Reed. I want him in the big league bullpen if you, if those are the two lefties you're talking about. Yeah. Let's yes. see here. One more question. I'm you got to answer this, so I'm giving it to you first. So get ready. All right. From uh, Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio, Matt Sheary asks, pizza or tacos? It's so easy. I can't believe you're having you're struggling with this. Well, okay, here's my struggle, right? Here's the source of it, okay? Let's hear it. My children, hard as I try, won't eat tacos. You're not a good parent. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so I can't we I can't make tacos, I can't take them for tacos, but we can have pizza, right? So I have pizza a lot more often than I have tacos. And for that reason, I always want tacos because I don't ever get to have them. 
So I'm unbalanced. And like, does this make sense to you? Yeah. Like, they're wonderful, but I can't. My my life is structured such now that I don't think I can make an objective assessment of pizza versus tacos. Well, I actually don't think it's a big deal. Tacos are fantastic. Love love me some tacos. Yes. But pizza, I think, is objectively the objectively the better choice. I think it's clearly pizza, Matt. There's so much more variety with tacos. Oh. You can go so many more places. With tacos? Yeah. No way. You can go anywhere you want with pizza. Even these no. idiots that order this Hawaiian pizza. People think that you can, but you can't. You can get pepperoni or without pepperoni. Make it true, Chadwick. Oh, you can get it with, with or without pepperoni. How many more varieties do you need? More than that. Can we agree if you put pineapple on your pizza, you're dead to me? You're not. Uh, I don't hate pineapple on my pizza, if I'm being honest. Okay, well, you're dead to me. Yeah. Thank, thank you for that. All right, let's uh, see if we can get a few more of these. Uh, oh, maybe a couple more. We're running out of time. Goodness gracious. Um, yes, I just said goodness gracious. These are some questions from uh, hashtag uh, viewer mail on, at Red Leg Radio on Twitter from Mike Mannix. Good name. Mike Mannix, is this a good metaphor? Sending Sinzel to AAA to start the season would be like taking a needle to the offseason balloon the Reds have been inflating. I love it. I think I think it's a great yeah. metaphor, Mike. Yeah. Um, Vander at Vander ten seventeen asks: Will Taylor Trammell and Tyler Stevenson eventually co-star in a buddy cop movie? And if so, what will it be called? And which one will be just one day away from retirement? Well, no, that's easy. What it would be called? What would it be called? It would be called TNT. Mm, I love it. And it would be explosive. Follow those guys on Instagram because they they are best buddies, I think. But um, but which one's going to be just one day away from retirement? Obviously, it's going to be Danny Glover. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Roger Fletcher asks, "When's the last time you heard anything from Lee Salverto? He's not returning my calls, and as a matter of fact, he he filed a restraining order against me. He blocked you. Yeah, he, he did. Um, Craig Cola." Asks, given the Reds' intentions of using a four-man bench and Matt Kemp's salary, do they consider trading Scott Shebler? I think they consider trading Matt Kemp first. Shebler's yeah, the I, ideal fourth outfielder to me. Absolutely ideal. Can play anywhere I, out there. I think that Shebler is the kind of person who gets traded if the Reds are actually really getting something back. Yeah, um, that's right. Potentially more value. Guy who's traded if it's a slight salary dump and they're getting him non-prospect prospect. Yeah. Although I don't think Kemp's salary is going to be an issue in trading. And people keep mentioning that, but he's been traded like three times in the last three years with that same yeah, salary. Hook for a lot of that though. Like, yeah, but other teams have been as well. Be like, you all pay him 3 million of this or whatever. Yeah. Um, Woodrow, the dog, uh, you know, uh, I don't have any local recommendations for breakfast sandwiches in Goodyear, but have fun out there. Looks that's going to be fun. Send us some pictures from the backfields. Um, let's see. Any other questions? We're running out of time. Jason, we talk too much. You talk too much. I talk the exact perfect amount. All right. You're dead to me. Uh, last one here from Chad Short. Hash Brown. No, it is Chad. It's because your, 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 your drawl makes it take so long for you to say anything of substance. 
Actually, I talk so fast, it's ridiculous. I talk way too fast. I need to slow down. Chad Short asks, should the Reds reconsider pursuing Dallas Keuchel again? And if they did, what what effect would that have on the pitching staff and the team? Do you have a short answer for that, Jason? The only reason, the only way it makes sense at this point for them to sign Dallas Keuchel is if there's some sort of large scale trade working. Yeah, I guess, I guess, but uh, the reason they haven't tried to sign him or up to now is reportedly because of the medical issues, and that seems to be an yeah. issue with a lot of teams. So I still have issues with that. But if you know at the right price, okay. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, what effect would it have on the pitching staff and the team? It makes the pitching staff stronger if he's healthy. Yeah. But so I, you know, I don't think that's an issue. But I, I don't see it. I don't see it ever happening. Frankly. Um, all right, let me give some uh, quick uh, thank yous to some people that have supported us at Patreon. Um, Patreon.com slash Radio. You do not have to support us uh, financially. We were, are going to provide this free podcast every week one way or the other. But uh, I want to give a quick thank you to those that uh, have. Uh, Philip Razor, you ever heard of that guy? No. Yeah, he supported us. So I'm going to go ahead and mention him. Why not? <laughs> I know, right? What a jerk that guy is. He's the worst. The absolute worst. He supported us. He's a member of the Barry Larkin Club. I uh, wish that I forget could forget that I knew who he was. <laughs> Michael Petrie. Michael Petrie, a member of the Joey Votto Club. Thank you so much for supporting us. Appreciate it. Uh, buddy Jeff Walter. Jeff Walter, always a good follow on Twitter as well, uh, is a member of the Joey Votto Club. Thank you so much, Jeff. Scott Boykin. Love that name, Scott, member of the Joey Votto Club. He's uh, a supporter on uh, Patreon. Darren Fessel, D-A-R-R-Y-N. Love that spelling. Darren Fessel, Fassell, Sinzel, Denzel, member of the Joey Votto Club. Thank you so much. I already mentioned Matt uh, Sheary, who asked a question this week. He's a member of the Barry Larkin Club. I want to thank him again. Stephen Ortlieb, the Joey Votto Club. Thank you so much. Here's one. It's either Kentucky All-American or KY All-American. We're going to say Kentucky. Thank you so much for supporting us. That's not your real name. If you want to send me your real name, I will give you a shout-out with your real name on the uh, on the podcast. But thank you so much for being a member of the Joey Votto Club. Scott Kidd, K-I-D-D. I mean, that's a pretty strong move to have two Ds in your last name. Thank you, Scott, for supporting us. And Stephen Offenbaker, again, host of the Reds Alert podcast. Um, and a longtime friend of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. Jason, you got any final thoughts for us? I like Reds baseball. Oh, man, it's getting close to opening day. It is. It's terribly exciting. All right. Uh, you can find us uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. Uh, you know, Tune in Radio. You, if you find your podcast there, we're going to be there. Subscribe, especially on uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. If you can go leave us a five-star rating and a review it'll be much appreciated uh, and and tell your friends as we always say if you like us talk about us if you don't like us keep your mouth shut um you can find jason at jason linden on twitter i'm at dotson c we are at red leg radio on twitter and at redlegnation.com where we're talking about the reds every single day and have been since 2005 jason always fun buddy always a fantastic time always for jason linden and reds legend tom seaver this is chad dotson saying so long everyone
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money. 